right, everybody. Hello. Welcome to another episode of LHC Podcast. Uh, back in action after a little hiatus. I'm here with none other than Mr. EPB himself. How's it going? Top of the table, baby. <laughs> top of the table. We're at the top of the table. Oh, man. Keeping it hyped? For sure, man. First win in club history. So good. So good. And a, a solid performance on the road. Solid opponent. Uh, a lot of things to be happy about. I mean, absolutely. I mean, when you go up to Seattle, I mean, a team that in MLS Cup multiple times, this is 40,000, one of the toughest places to play. Freezing, hail, turf. Carlos Vela hated <laughs> that hail. They showed a clip of him on TV, and Carlos Vela looked absolutely miserable and still came away with the one nothing win. I mean, obviously there's, you know, there's going to be things that we want to see improvements to the team and that's obvious and but overall, man, we we got the win. And it feels good. It does. It does. It was in, you know, a lot of things stacked against the team, a late scratch by uh Zimmerman, that's always tough, uh, especially considering well, none of us are back pairings have really spent much time together. So that that was very tough. They kept it together, stayed composed, and uh, I mean, under those circumstances, I would not have expected us to to win the game. I mean, a tie would have been amazing, but to come away with the win, and I mean, they definitely weathered the storm there at the end. Well, I think the big thing for me is uh, the potency of the LAFC attack is going to be good, right? Uh, I mean, there are a few questions, but overall, like, there's a lot to work with there and, you know, a lot of really good-looking attacking players. But to keep the clean sheet away on the road against a team like Seattle is uh, is a big accomplishment. I think even as much as the win, really, uh, I mean, you don't get extra points for that, but getting a clean sheet, considering all those factors, is a really impressive. Well, and also the fact that any points that you can get on the road at this point in the season, I mean, just with the schedule being so backloaded with home games and you know any points that you can get on the road early you know those are going to matter you know it it gives you the potential to you know stumble later on and still have that three points in the bag so you know the more three points and one point that you can get on the road you know the better because eventually this team will have some home games and yeah well and that that being a big factor too right so um the last thing in the world you want when you're going to have to play an extended number of home uh, away games, I'm sorry, uh, before the stadium's ready is to, you know, let that become negative or an issue or something where you're not comfortable being on the road. But that's, you know, that's going to build the utmost confidence for everyone. And going to RSL now is not going to be that big of a deal. Going to get some similar weather, but a much smaller crowd. Probably a, a better, much better attacking team, but not necessarily a better defending team. Yeah, and an RSL team that is it's getting younger and they're getting better. As opposed to Seattle, they had a few guys out, but Seattle's a really old team. And if you look at some of the moves that RSL made and some of the attacking threats, I mean, you have guys like Brooks Lennon who probably won't even sniff the team, you know, um, just because they have so many attacking threats. Um, and then, you know, they have a solid um, defensive midfield pairing so you know with Beckerman obviously 
Um, and then the new guy that they got, I think, from Croatia. But, I mean, he, he looked really solid the other day. So it'll be a good test. Um, Definitely. I think in also consider – I think for me the RSL matchup is really uh, – is really, really important. I mean, there's a lot of people who are picking them to be the best team in the West. So for that reason, of course, because they're a very good team, but also I think the way that – LAFC is playing and attacking so heavily from the wings and even though they didn't send the backs outside backs forward too much against Seattle that's clearly the plan at some stage to attack in that way a lot um, Bob has been pretty straightforward talking about that but that is definitely also RSL's strength so it could be a lot of being uh, vulnerable out wide by both teams so should be a lot of high flying action I don't see why I don't see why LA can't get a point, you know, and come out of there with four points. You know, obviously, um, two games in a row to start the year like that. I mean, you know, if you can come away with four points after those two games, that that would be fantastic for an expansion team and a roster that is, um, should we say. Um, <laughs> slightly incomplete, yeah. Right. Hopefully, very incomplete. But uh, hoping for, I don't know. I I think this roster still needs three probably significant signings. I think one more solid quality center back, one more solid probably starting quality uh, uh, midfielder, and at least a second striker, if not a starting striker. Yeah, you're going to need someone who's going to be an aerial threat um, on set pieces. You know, right now they have to bring up the center backs for that. Um, they don't really have a true target man, a true number nine. Um, you have Vela, who's you know a winger that's playing in the middle. So you know, that's a really good point you make uh, about the aerial threat. That's definitely one thing that stood out in me, uh, stood out for me in the game against Seattle. Is they didn't win anything in the air yeah. at all. Gr granted, they didn't have any corners, <laughs> or maybe they had one. Yeah. You know, right? Go defensively whole... or offensively. Yeah, um, it was it was an issue for sure, and especially on Seattle's corners, they were getting both beat to the ball and out jumped a, a lot. Uh, that was definitely an area of weakness. But, yeah, I think a big target striker, especially with so much attacking on the outside and balls being crossed in and, um, you know, being kind of wide first is definitely how they're set up. Um, especially once OG is back healthy, uh, I think that'll be even more the case. And Vela will be pushed out wide eventually. It's going to become even more important and even more pressure on Urena to produce. And... Whether he is or isn't that guy, uh, ultimately, who knows what other signings are coming. But uh, it's that's I could see the attack kind of transitioning into that sort of style for sure. Will's nickname Omar Gobber OG, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah, OG from here on out. Yeah, can't wait to see him play. I mean, the Egyptian OG. The Egyptian OG. Exactly. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm very excited to see him play. I've you know, seen a little of him and know what we can do. And some, I think he's both an incredible one-on-one -on -one defender. I think there's a lot of question of whether he ends up playing defensively or whether he gets himself into the midfield. I think having a guy with that sort of speed out wide who can shut people down and also get forward next to Zimmerman and Simon, like there's still that one missing piece on the left maybe. But uh, Pedro Shore, Harvey, 
you can find someone to fill someone in there. Can, yeah, can, maybe even K, you know, has experience playing as a defender. Suddenly, you know, that starts looking like one of, if not the best, defenses in all of MLS. What do you think about Mark Anthony K? I, I thought he was incredible. I thought he did. wasn't that a surprise. It was. I, I don't I, think either one of us were expecting that. I was not. At least that kind of for for him to start, let alone, but also to put in that kind of performance. For sure, he exceeded my expectations. I mean, I I thought that he would be able to compete at this level, but I mean, I, he had a better game than Failhaber. I would I would say that. I would say he had a better yeah, game than Failhaber. Failhaber kind of disappeared. Uh-huh. Was, yeah. I mean, he was asked to do a lot. Uh, Phil Hubbard was asked to do a lot that's not necessarily his strength and did an okay job. But And I, th- I think that also one big thing, uh, uh, Kay's physicality was certainly very noticeable, that he was no one was bossing him at all, and he was kind of taking the ball from people at will. And it was, it was really impressive. He did a really His link-up play was good, you know, creating that attack, almost sort of playing a Michael Bradley-type role, mm-hmm. um, getting the ball forward. Uh, who was your man of match? Um, well, I'm <laughs> I guess you could say Miller, but, uh, you know, but at the same time, I don't know, Bella was great. Rossi was great. Like, uh, uh, I, I I don't know. I think I'll say Miller, but at the same time, it's a you know bittersweet. You never want your uh, goalkeeper to be man of the match. That means something's not going. It's gotta right. be the captain. <laughs> but it's gotta be the captain. Yeah. Well, he was Saman was immense. He was. I mean, let alone you know sure. having that having that sliding save. But all day long, I mean, you could tell he was really just keeping the back line in check, um, organizing the team. You could tell that um, they responded to him and. Um, you know, just very calm on the ball. Basically, sort of what we expected when LA made that trade. You know, absolutely. And I, I think I will say, uh, I don't know. Maybe this makes me a little bit of a hypocrite. But I will say that I, I think you have to say he's probably the most important signing at this point of, of anyone because he. I mean, he's playing next to, I mean, a straight out of college converted. Uh, player who you know has one year of college experience playing as a defender was an offensive player before that in Moutinho and uh, so with Moutinho out there and the late scratch and uh, Betashore not exactly having wheels anymore. Um, the fact that he kept it all together, made some miraculous saves. You know it was certainly impressive because um, he made everyone around him better for without a doubt. Yeah, I mean there's a sense of. Um, just calmness, you know, when he when he has the ball, you know, the team seems to respond to that, um, and there just seems to be a plan. You know, uh, there's a lot of center backs when, you know, they'll get the ball and just boot it upfield, right, and basically turning over possession right away. But yeah. you could tell that he wanted to make it a point to build out of the back. Um, to get you know his, his teammates involved, so that was that was really reassuring because. Having a center back pairing um, like that is going to be really important for this team to have a solid defense because this team is going to be defending a lot. We saw Tyler Miller had to deal with a lot of shots on goal. Um, They were constantly running at um, Matinho in particular. You could tell he struggled a little bit with that. So um, having a strong center back pairing um, and making sure that the defensive midfield is also solidified is going to be really important for this team moving forward. But... um, yeah, well, I, I think that's 
one thing about uh, they have, they're in a fortunate position because they have a lot of players who can play multiple positions, right? Like, you know, whether it be OG or K or whoever, uh, a lot of players on this team can play multiple. Even Vela, I mean, playing in the center, I mean, he essentially was an actual ten. He was wearing the ten and he played like a ten and played as the ten, which is. Not his forte, but he did an incredible job. Even just little things, like at the end of the On game. On the goal. Like, yeah, that, the the that, pass was incredible. Pass. But even little things, like at the end of the game, like just keeping possession, like getting fouled, taking fouls, like just you know running the clock down in a smart way, keeping possession, keeping everybody calm. Like he, you know, he did all of the things you would want from a veteran with you know high, super high level experience. What's the point of video replay? <laughs> if, if on it, uh, I, I, I didn't think are, that was like, going to come up. Are you kidding but, me? Oh my god, that was it was it was gratuitous. I mean, I will I will say maybe it wasn't a penalty kick. It was very close to being on the line. I think well, for it that was, not even to be, but it was a foul. it was absolutely. I mean, how could that possibly not be a foul? He came nowhere near the ball. Yeah, no, but you're right. Uh, vale is a very smart player. He knew. You know, the long run, he made up the right side at the end of the game to waste time. And instead of making the pass, you know, he basically held on to it and allowed the other team to kick it out of bounds. Um, you know, Vela's – people don't give him credit, but he's a very intelligent player. And uh, he's going to be really important for this team. And I thought, he, I, I thought he had a great game. You know, Diego Rossi got the goal, but – So who's your man of the match? Oh, it's the captain. The captain. captain. Okay. Uh, yeah. You, you said that. Obviously. But yeah. you started leaning towards Vela for a second there. So. Oh, Vela, no, no. Vela is going to – I feel like Vela is going to do what you would expect of him. You know, he's – he's he, Well, and was he asked to play to be... out of position, you know, like uh, – and didn't look uncomfortable and didn't look – and looked like he was having fun. You know, it really looked – because that's always been the concern with him, you know, his commitment level and, you know, there's some, you know – Issues in his past that have you know he looks happy to be in LA. Absolutely, yeah, just absolutely. A, a, whether it's all the supporter events or just even watching him out on the field or just his interactions with, with his teammates. MLS was a place that he wanted to come in. I think LA in particular, and he seems to really be embracing it. So you know, if, as long as we don't get the other kind of veil, I'm totally cool. I mean, I think he also has something to play for with the World Cup coming up. Absolutely. So he obviously needs to be informed, and I think that can only be to LA's benefit. Oh, wait, what's this? Brief interruption. Gonna pause for a moment to discuss some urgent news. Scarfgate has emerged. Scarfgate. <laughs> Scarfgate has emerged as an issue this evening. Um, this was for the fans who went up there, right? Right. The fans who uh, had their scarves taken from them uh, while maybe taunting uh, way supporters groups, maybe just passing through, but... Uh, uh, public service announcement, uh, don't put yourself in that situation. Fair enough. But uh, getting back to the real important information, uh, so what would you say now is the, obviously overall depth would be the most encompassing thing, but if it's one specific player in one specific position, what do you think is the biggest area of need right now? I think it has to be making sure that the defensive midfield position is solidified. Obviously, we loved what we saw out of K, but you know, you just don't know how he's going to hold up, and you definitely want another body in there. So we'll see if 
uh, if they do you think Atuesta well if they can get Atuesta I mean he's also pretty young so you know I mean we'll have to see on that but um, I would say that if you can if you can solidify solidify the defensive midfield um, that's arguably the most important position in Major League Soccer is not being overrun in terms of numbers in the midfield and being able to break things up and establish quick counterattacks in transition and especially, it's especially important for a, the type of team that depends primarily on attacking from width, right? Like, then it's even more that if you've got, you know, Blessing, Rossi, Vela all on the field at the same time, which who knows if that will be the case of going, you know, at some point maybe it's not all three of those on the field at the same time. But, um, but if that's going to be the way your attack works, like, it's... It's def- it's very critical to have someone staying at home and yeah, being I, disciplined. I hope so. I mean, I I liked what I saw out of Rossi and Blessing. I mean, I think they're really going to stretch stretch other teams' defenses. And um, if you can establish that wide threat, being able to pull people out of the middle is going to be really important. And then that opens things up for Vela and potentially Urania. Um, yeah, depending on who else they get as a as a center forward. Do you think that the center forward signing is critical, or do you think that maybe Rossi or Villa ends up in that role? I mean, that's it's neither it's really neither one of their fortes. So I would certainly hope that they could get more of a true target striker in there. Um, I mean, Urania has played that in the past, and but he's also you know he's getting up there in age. I don't know if he's going to be able to go for you know full 90 uh, I think I think we talked about he looked good in preseason for the most part uh, but he also like he's one of those players that you know there's a lot of players out there are, that are frustrating to fans that are like are really great for their national team but aren't so great for their club or are really great for their club and aren't so great for their oh national yeah Costa Rica team. will be fine <laughs> yeah he's gonna do just fine for Costa Rica for sure and but you know the and maybe having the opportunity to, you know, he felt a little bit of what I read in one interview made it seem like he felt a little slighted uh, by being uh, let go uh, by San Jose. So maybe he's definitely got something to prove and something to play for and has looked good at times. I don't know. He didn't look, he was, you know, hard to see. He was not uh, very present for Seattle, but, uh, you know, that could be because of a lot of things. But, um, but also at the same time, for a guy who's really got to prove himself um, as being a number one starting striker type of guy in this league, uh, there's also not really anyone pushing him. You know, there's there isn't anyone on the bench coming after his position. Yeah, and so I I think that's I would say that's probably one of the one of the areas that they want to look at. Um, you know, you want to bolster the midfield potentially um, another center back, create some depth there. And then, yeah, I would say a target forward. Yeah. Zlatan or... Yeah, Zlatan. Is that that guy not, like, on a boat somewhere? Yeah, right. Chilling on an island somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. The Galaxy can have him. Yeah. He can go to Carson if he wants. Yeah, whatever happened to that? That was supposed to be a thing. What do you think about the uniforms? um, You hate the uniforms. I hate the uniforms. I hate the uniforms. I like the socks. Um, socks are sick. The socks are sick. 
Uh, I will say they looked better on they looked better in person than they did in pictures, and they looked better on TV than they did in person. But uh, I think especially it would really hit home for me, especially when I saw Sporting Kansas City play in their black jerseys the other night with that super metallic, you know, monochrome, the Adidas, the crest, the uh, you know ad. Everything was all all one color, all super metallic, silver. If that was the LAFC jersey in all gold, especially on the black, but also the white jersey, it would look a thousand times better. So I think it's, I think they, you know, they went safe. They went safe. Uh, I would like to see for like what will eventually be a huge collector's item. Uh, I wish they would have gone a little less safe. Uh, I get why they would go safe, but for me, it was okay. I think if, I think the YouTube TV ad didn't have the red in it. Uh, when we've seen mock-ups that didn't have it, it looks a lot better. I think that would make it an okay jersey that like I could just live with. But uh, I think the combination of the two, it's it's, it's disappointing. It's you know, I, especially as long as it was pushed back, as much as it was hyped up, uh, the fact that it wasn't you know wasn't available for kids to get for Christmas and all these you know sorts of things like that as with everything LFC has done uh, you know that has been delayed or pushed back or that has just allowed suspense to build more and more and more and uh, uh, although I don't think it's awful up in uh, you know I'll buy one but it's uh, certainly anticlimactic for sure did you watch on YouTube TV uh, I do not have YouTube TV yet I am still a spectrum customer and I've sworn I was going to go turn in my uh, cable box almost every day for about two months now, and I still haven't done it. I hear good things, though. I think uh, from the few, very few people I've surveyed, and I'm curious to hear from more people who've signed up what their experience has been like, especially if they really do get to a point where maybe one day they're doing like 24-hour content on a dedicated LAFC station. Um, one day. One that, day. That would be amazing. Yeah. But LAFC TV. Yeah, that's, you know. Because, I, I mean, I think that's ultimately all, all leagues models. And I know it was LAFC's early idea. And a lot of, you know, places really kind of want to go to, like, the WWE model. Where it's, like, you get it all from that app. You get, you know, you get, you get the LAFC app. You watch the games on there. You get your tickets through there. You, you know, where they really have control of everything. But... Considering existing uh, television deals and partnerships and all that stuff to come in first year, I think it's it was divisive. I think they took a big and contrary to the jersey, I think they certainly took a big risk. Um, it's I think it's a big ask. They were fortunate enough in the first year to have what is it, seventeen games that are televised. Yeah, a lot of them are going to be on national TV. So, so and they should all be in Spanish. Yep. So, you know, in which you can get without YouTube TV. Exactly. Especially that there's the still, for some reason, unannounced local Spanish deal. Yeah, come on. <laughs> just <laughs> Everyone knows, just do it. Yeah. So that could have been building hype long for a long time now, but eventually that's going to be a huge deal. You'll be able to see that locally, even without YouTube TV. I think almost everyone who is a cable TV customer is just looking for an excuse to cut the cord anyway. The YouTube TV uh, service isn't perfect, but it's good. But, you know, I, maybe over time this does become like the push that a lot of people need to 
finally cut the cord that have been considering it. It's, I mean, it's, it's certainly not, I, I feel like some people who are split about it, it's certainly not a situation like the Dodgers, you know, where a lot no, of people are mad. No, that was a disaster. Mad. Yeah. No, I think it, no, I think it'll be good. And, you know, just to be able to get, you know, um, exclusive LAFC content on it, I'm interested to see what that might be and how they expand their offerings. I think they made a good hire with Max Bredos. Excited to see what he's going to do, bringing him back to L.A., um, Another huge signing. Yeah, he's, I mean it's, it's great. It's a ton of exposure. He's, you know, just a pro in every way. He loves the game. He knows what he's talking about. You know, it's this isn't going to be a Gus Johnson type <laughs> experiment. All right. Uh, what about Mr. Denholm uh, on the radio, the unabashed Galaxy supporter doing play-by-play for LAFC. How are you feeling about that one? Oh, yeah. Wasn't he the president of AC Brigade or something like that? He's I wouldn't be surprised. Number one fan, Dave Denholm. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we talked about it. It's, you know, it'll really just depend on what he actually does. You know, people were giving us grief for, you know, questioning the hire and Literally, Dave Denholm is like a self-professed Galaxy fan, and not only a self-professed—I mean, even as of like a couple of days ago, he's not backing down from it at all. There's, you know, I saw him at the uh, uh, draft event at the Experience Center, and he was there, you know, broadcasting and recording and interviewing. And you know, days before that and days after that, when he's clearly starting to have conversations with the team, you know, tweeting things that are very aggressively saying my team our team talking about the galaxy like so it's you know i do i trust the guy to be professional and do a good job and keep his opinions separate from his job yes i'm i'm sure he will be professional about it is there you know three million other people across the globe that are qualified in the position who aren't uh going to draw attention to your biggest rival you know, it's 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 a little weird. I think it was an easy hire for them. It, that's exactly what it is. I think the path of least of resistance seems to determine a lot of decisions. So, yeah, I mean, of course he's going to be down to be the play-by-play guy for LAFC, but at the same time, does it really? You you have to ask the question if it really is the best thing from LAFC's perspective to get someone who's known to be a fan of LA's LAFC's greatest rival. Yeah. Well, in theory, they will be. I think time will tell. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a head scratcher for sure. Uh, it makes sense in a lot of ways, and I see why it happened. But same time, I, and I think also like especially for like the supporters group, uh, diehards, etc. That like giving that little extra like bit of uh, ammunition <laughs> for the uh, rivals to. Uh, Include in their TIFO or whatever, like is, uh, you know, is is not fun. And also, speaking of supporters and ammunition, uh, how impressive was that travel? Uh, so many away fans making the trip to Seattle. It looked great on TV, even though they were up in the nosebleeds. They they brought well it. done, well done, well done. Very proud of you all. Very proud of you all, indeed. Uh, yeah, I mean. It was, it was great. It was uh, really good to see the commentators mentioned 
the 3252 specifically mentioned. Thank you, Max Brado. Yeah. Um, you know, just the whole trip, how it came about, all the people who showed, and, you know, especially on social media and everything as well. It's just a really great turnout. Um, you know, there's, there's not many other teams in the league that have brought that many fans to Seattle. Yeah, I mean, people might say because it's the first game in club history, but still, I mean, that's a big that's a big ask to bring, you know, to bring yourself and your family up there. And I, yeah, they looked they looked great. They were loud. They were, yeah, they definitely made themselves known. It was cool seeing it all over social media. You know, just even some of the reactions from some of the Seattle fans um, to some of our guys up there. So it was really cool. Um, you know. Hopefully we'll get a few more than that in the new stadium. Hopefully the uh, away support will continue. There's a, there's a lot more uh, away games coming, but eventually we'll get to have the home game. Uh, the stadium really looks like it's really coming together. All the seats are in. The got grass the, is rolled got out. Got the grass down. Uh, it's it's really looking impressive. I've, you know, having done the tour months ago, uh, the way it looks now compared to then is really remarkable that how quickly it kind of all comes together at the end yeah i mean what april 29th is the big day yeah it's uh and that's going to be against seattle again so that'll which will be pretty interesting uh to see how uh how different that both of the teams look uh you know both teams could look significantly different uh, uh or Maybe they just keep rolling with the same lineup. Uh, who is signed and how many players are signed between now and then is, uh, is anyone's guess at this point. Where are the uh, Seattle fans going to sit? I, there is a dedicated away section. Um, I believe it's the southeast corner. Um, but I, I may be wrong on exactly where it is, but it, there definitely is a dedicated section. And then what's this I heard about? For the Carson games, like you can only bring like 500 fans or something like that. I heard the support section was going to be really small for that, for the away support. They've always had just one corner in the northwest section dedicated to away support in that stadium. Just means we have to buy all the other tickets. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I'm sure people will, you know, buy seats in the adjacent sections. But uh, one thing that is certainly an issue, and it's also kind of... Well, it's just the way that all their supporters are set up, it's pretty stupid to begin with between the general admission and then, uh, you know, a whole other group in the southeast corner uh, that it, with no connection. Uh, that's obviously dumb, but how in that northwest corner, the away support section is also goes right up next to the general admission section, which is effectively the ACB section. So... Um, so be aware of that. If you, if you buy a general admission ticket, uh, don't get your scarf snatched. Because if you end up in general admission, you might, uh, you, you might not want to sit there. Carson fans are something else. Right. I've been interacting with some of them on Twitter. And they're so, they feel so threatened by LAFC, and it's so obvious the way that it comes through. And I just, I just have to just, like, retweet and quote them and just like put it up there for the world to see because it's, it's hysterical they just like spend their whole day like 
trying to tell LAFC fans how LA they are, and we're just like, yeah. oh, you're you're in Carson. It's yeah, it's it, the insecurities are manifesting in a lot of interesting ways. Um, even I saw some RSL fans like posting some uh, Chivas 2.0 uh, sort of comments, uh, which you know are never going to go away. Uh, for better or worse, but the uh, but also the uh, Seattle always kind of starts the game with the same like can you hear the whatever fans whoever they're playing and they were doing I, I don't know if you noticed they were doing can you hear the Chivas fans uh, the whole stadium and I, I'm almost certain I need to watch it again to be sure because they usually drag that chain out for a very long time I think they may have still been doing some like iteration of that when Rossi scored. Which is just amazing because for me, and I, you know, have said it on social media many times, but like, I think that it just makes it even funnier to me that if the Galaxy fans are going, or or every team in the league is going to try to call LAFC Chivas, it just makes it that much sweeter when they win. Oh, it makes it more embarrassing for them when they lose. If you're losing to Chivas, that's that's not good. Absolutely, and. Trust me, the Chivas thing is so overblown and so it's so overdone that it it's not even registering anymore. So yeah. you're gonna have to come up with something else. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like it's such a horrible insult, especially coming from Carson because they're really the ones who like you know took up half of their academy and a bunch of their staff and uh, you know not so many of them are around anymore, but. They absorbed a lot of Chivas uh, and have actually, you know, clearly far more connections to Chivas than LAFC does. Yeah, no, I mean, and they're literally in the same stadium that Chivas was. Stadium that nobody can get to. I don't know how I'm going to get there. to get to. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing to me. Uh, Carson fans are, will never fail to entertain, for sure. Yeah, hemorrhaging season ticket supporters, but uh, not doing anything to change their ways. Although I will give them a lot of credit. Their, uh, their off-season rebuild of the squad, uh, considering how many players they were stuck with and couldn't get away with, it couldn't get rid of wow. if they wanted to, I, I will say very begrudgingly they, they, they did bring in a lot of great players. Well, we'll see how they do, but they were bad last year, so that needed... Major changes needed to be made there. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, the, the, the I, I can't remember. I'm guessing, but uh, they released, I think, all but twelve or thirteen players. Like, they, I mean, they like it's a oh yeah a completely different squad. Oh yeah, no. And so I mean, you know, obviously they won oh. their first game too. So we're both top of the table. Yeah. And, well, and also talking about that, it's uh, what is it? Is it is away at Carson after RSL, or is there one more game before that? It's it's not far. Away at Carson is coming up either way. Yeah, very soon, very soon, and uh, that's going to be can't miss. Yeah, that's a you know whatever you've got going on. If your sister's getting married or whatever, YouTube TV, YouTube, YouTube TV, TV, or that's all you need, or just. Get some friends to chip in. Get a charter flight down there. Uh, rent a helicopter. Get Jurgen Klitsman to give you a ride. Whatever you got to do, get down to Carson or on TV at the very least. It's going to be can't miss. Well, I think that pretty much covers everything. So much to talk about. So much coming up. I think 
after this game versus RSL, there's going to be, I think we'll have a much, much better idea of what the team, where the team stands and what the team needs. May even see a signing between uh, now or shortly after then. So uh, going to be a whole lot to come talk about in the next couple of weeks. I'll definitely be recording more often since there's so much more going on. And thanks for being here. Absolutely. It was awesome. Top of the table, baby. Undefeated. Yeah, I'll travel.